Thank you. All right. I think this is the first time I've preached when the Gospel Rescue Mission, since the Gospel Rescue Gospel Rescue Mission has been coming and meeting with us. So I'm super excited about that. If you guys did not know, my name is Pastor Stephen. I am the youth pastor and young adult pastor. That will kind of be changing here pretty soon to where I'll just be young adult pastor. And I'm super excited about that. Part of the reason that I'm stepping back from youth ministry is not that I'm leaving the church. After PD said that, everyone came up to me, why are you leaving the church? What's going on? I'm not leaving the church at all. <laughs> I still will be involved in youth ministry. I love the youth. I've been doing the youth for about four and a half. Well, I've been actually working with the youth for about seven years, but uh, been on paid staff for four and a half. And, um, and so I, I could not just drop it cold turkey. I will be involved in youth ministry, but my wife, if you do not know, is over eight months pregnant. She's just wanting to have that baby right now. What? Nine months today? Yeah, so it's soon. It is soon. It is coming, and I'm not ready. But are you? You should see her nursery. It is, yeah. Not good, but it's going to be great. We're going to love having a little girl, and um, I'm super excited about that. And that's a whole new journey. And I know that I will be pulled a, different, a bunch of different ways, and I know that the youth ministry would suffer from that, and I really think that that ministry is very important, and so I want it to get all the love and attention it needs, and I'm super excited to see what God is going to do with that ministry, with a new person coming in, full-time youth ministry, and just really attacking that. I remember when I first started youth ministry here, I would, I would come, and I would prepare a lesson, prepare a game, prepare activities, and I'd sit there at the church. This was when we were at Broadway and Craycroft. And I'd sit there, and there would not be a single youth that would show up for like a month. And my brothers were youth group age at that time. So <laughs> that tells you how bad it was. Um, and it was like depressing, and it was just like, God, what am I doing? Like, I'm not good. I'm not the Yeah, I just beat myself up. And just God is really taking me on a crazy journey. And, you know, it's not where the youth ministry isn't where I want it to be, obviously, because I'm always hard on myself. But, you know, we're averaging about 25 kids a, a, a Wednesday. And so whoever comes in, they get like a head start and they're going to have momentum and they can just take off. And I, I'm so excited to see what God is going to do in the youth ministry and what God is going to do in the young adult ministry. Um, if you do not know about Horizon, that is our young adult group, you can try and look it up on Instagram. If not, I'll post it on the um, uh, churches Facebook. Horizon is our young adult group that meets on Fridays at 730. And I am very excited to see what God is going to do in that ministry as well. Just allowing me to focus purely on reaching that age group, which is 18 to about when you feel young inside. So when you start feeling old inside, don't come. But we were just opening the door to everybody. Um, really, we but we want to focus with a focus on young adults. And we just um, I want it to be to where you guys start noticing, like, man, there's a lot of younger people starting to show up here in that 18 to 40 range. Like, there's a lot more of <laughs> is that. That's 40 is young. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 60, 60, I don't know about. No, no. <laughs> the hill 
And that's, you know, <laughs> just, hey, 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 okay, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. I'm only halfway there, sorry. <laughs> um, but, okay, anyways, let's forget all that. <laughs> you should come check out our young ministry. All right, um, it was so cool this week because I knew I was preaching like a month ago, and I thought I knew what God wanted to do. It was all about, you know, the mind, and I really think that the, the mind is kind of like every generate or different ages have had different plagues you had the bubonic plague you had like all kinds of different diseases and stuff i think the the disease of our age is the mind our minds are sicker than probably any generation before us which is crazy because we probably have the most knowledge uh than any generation before us but it's driving driven our minds crazy and so i think that god wants to bring a, a wave of healing on the mind of america um, but so I was so excited to preach that. God's like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> We're going to talk about something else. And he said, let's, uh, or he said, I want you to go listen to what Pastor Dave preached last week because I didn't get to be in here, um, for the service. So I got to go back and listen to it. I'm like, wow, that is like totally in line with what you're talking about to me now. And what the phrase that he wanted to make sure that you guys get out of this, which thank you, Justin, for the what is the setup or like the yeah, he set me up totally. So <laughs> we're gonna need you. That's what he wanted me to tell you is we're gonna need you, not like th- the special people, like a small group of people. We're gonna need you, every single one of you guys. We're gonna need you because our families are broken. Being a youth pastor, uh, it's. It's rampant. I mean, like, I I would have to sit down and really think about uh, and try and name the kids that come from a family that still has the mom and dad. Like, it would be very hard. You know, I'd be like, okay, there's one. No, no, no. no. It would, it's like 85% of them come from broken families. And it's like, no wonder we have rampant violence, rampant uh, depression, rampant anxiety. If, if your home is unstable, if you have no... Um, stable source of love and um, someone pouring out into you, loving you not only with like the mushy, oh I love you, that kind but also in truth and discipline you, of course you're going to be imbalanced, of course you're going to have depression, anxiety, you're just not going to feel stable in your walk Uh, we we need you because we're losing a generation to addiction you know, the, the people that are supposed to be parenting our young are dealing with their own addictions. You know, it's not that they're... Sel- I mean, yeah, okay. It's not simple enough to say, oh, well, they're just being selfish. Oh, they're just, you know, in it for pleasure. No, they're starved for purpose, starved for meaning, starved for intimacy. So <clears throat> we're going to need you because our churches are bleeding out. I mean, like, faith is kind of pitied. It's it's not something that is highly valued in our society. And, and people are just like, yeah, I kind of go to church... Christmas, Easter, it's just kind of something you do, and our churches are just slowly bleeding out. Like, a lot of people are not really taking us seriously. We're going to need you because our government eventually will come and uh, come to collect. If you know anything about government, it's that any source of revenue that they can find, they will find it. <laughs> They'll bring it in. And if you don't know, churches don't pay property tax. Uh, one time, one year, I think it was uh, the second year we were here, we got a bill for our property tax, and it was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and uh, thankfully got that resolved. But, like, eventually 
that is a very real possibility. And the amount of churches that would have to close down because of that is astonishing. So we're going to need you. We're going to need you because the task before us is so big. It, it, it's going to take more than one man preaching the word of God once a week. Like, if, if our, the future of our church depends on a pastor, I don't care how witty and good of a preacher and good of a speaker they are, if that's what we're depending on for the future of our church, and, and I'm talking our church but also the church in general, then we're in trouble. We're going to need you because the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. If you want to see that, just look at the nursery and kids' ministries. <laughs> the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And me and Michaela are adding to that problem. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to need you, but how? Like, what does that look like? And I want to talk about the spiritual gifts. And with these spiritual gifts, um, well, let's, let's just get into it. And then I, I want to bring your focus to what, how we're actually going to need you. Sorry, it's so small. Or, oh, never mind. <laughs> now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I do not want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, oh, and this is 1 Corinthians 12, if, oh, cool, thank you. You guys are so good. You guys are so good. <laughs> you know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that the one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. Or, wait, that no one speaking by the Spirit of God <laughs> will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So... As we go in to talk about these spiritual gifts, I don't want you to start focusing on what these gifts, this list of gifts that we read, because you'll read these things, and some people have taken these gifts and focus specifically on these gifts and elevate these gifts. Like, we do, we, do, we elevate certain gifts in our church. Um, you know, preaching. If you have the gift of preaching, we will elevate it, and you become more important to our church if you can preach well, right? If you can, and this is not disparaging preaching or playing music. These are awesome gifts that God has placed in our in our church, but it's not about the gift. Like playing keyboard, drums, piano, singing. I wish I had that gift, but I do not. Um, like, th those are gifts that we think of like, ooh, shiny, and these are nice, and these will help our church grow. But there are so many gifts that God gives and it's not about that gift. It's about the gifter. Like, every gift is there to glorify God. Every gift is there to magnify who God is and what he's doing in our life. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. That spiritual gift, the gift that God has given you, whatever that gift is, God didn't give it to you for you. He gave it to you so we can help each other. To the one person, the Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to an, someone else, the, the and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. Still, another given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one. 
and only spirit who distributes distributes all these gifts, he alone decides which gift each person should have. So when we read these lists of gifts, we see, ooh, like prophecy and healing and, and tongues, you know, and those are great. They're awesome. But we will not have to manufacture them. And we don't have to, like, we don't have to specialize as a church in any single one of those. God will, God, when you have that relationship with God, and you're growing in that relationship with God, those things come as a result of that. I remember one time we were in the mall, and my dad came up to this lady and said, like, something about, like, you know, that situation between you and your husband is going to work out. God's, God's heard your prayer. He's in, and she just started bawling, like just crying. How did you know that? Like, how did you know that that was the very reason I was walking around this mall right now was because I was just going over everything in my mind. And it's because that relationship that he had with God exhibited itself in a special word of knowledge. It wasn't that he was like going around like, ooh, come on, God, give me a special word. No, it was, it was a natural outflow of his relationship with God. And sometimes the church focuses too much on the gifts to where we're like, ooh, we really want to focus on healing. So we just like, we may try and make it happen. And then what happens is we fabricate it. We make fake healings or fake prophecy. We push prophecy that's not God. Prophet was supposed to be 100% accurate, you know, and so if we're trying to fabricate that, we're not going to be able to do it on our own. It's God who chooses who, what, and when to gift. And, well, let's just go on. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all it, sorry, I cannot see this, this service. (laughs) Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of, of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. You have a role. You do have a role in this church, in the church in general. Like, God needs you. Not that he, he need, like he couldn't do it without you, but he chose you, so he, he needs you as part of his plan, okay? And, and every single one of us. I think sometimes we see the pastor, we rely on the pastor, we think that's how God does his thing, but no, like every single one of you, down to the littlest thing. I was telling the second service about Yolanda Cochran. I don't know if she's here right now. Pray for her and Daryl. Uh, but she comes in and she, and, and Judy Sylvain, yeah, they, they come in and they decorate the church for holidays and stuff like Christmas and Easter and all that. And that's a gifting because I know I could not do that. I would not want to do that. <laughs> oh, I hate decorating. <laughs> but I love the feeling of coming in and everything is festive, right? And what if someone comes in this church and they're just having a horrible holiday season and yet they come in like, oh, I feel good now. I feel 
like there's something festive about this that lifts their spirits. Their little gifting that someone could just like, eh, whatever, push to the side, like it can really touch someone's life. And so when we get caught up on our own gifting and we think we're something special, we have to realize that we're just a part, that, that we're not meant to do it all. We have our, we have our role, right? We have a, a part. I'm not a good evangelist. I, I, I do it because it's, it's required of me, but I'm not good at it. I'm a better teacher. Like, I can, if you get a concept that you don't understand, I can get with you and we can talk about it and I can break it down and help you understand it. But evangelist, I am not. <laughs> Administrator, I am not. And so I have to understand that, that I'm only a part of what God wants to do. And that's okay. That's a privilege. There was, you know, uh, Peter, well, let's call him Simon right now. Jesus asked all the disciples and he says, like, who do you say I am? And Simon says, you're the, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And that was an awesome declaration. That was like, Jesus says, like, you didn't say that on your own power. God revealed to you that I'm, I'm the Messiah. And so that is awesome, Peter, or sorry, Simon. And because you did that, I'm going to call you Peter, which means rock. And I'm sure Peter just is blown away. Oh my gosh. Like God, or Jesus just like loved what I said right there. He, he's changing my name to rock, which rock, when I think of a rock, I think of something solid, something reliable, something steadfast. And he says on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. Peter's probably, yeah, woo. (laughs) And what does he do? Like, I don't know, very soon after denies that he, denies Jesus that he even knew him, you know? And so sometimes our calling, we get this calling, we get this gifting, like God, God, yes, it is a special calling that God had on Peter, but we can't get caught up on the calling and the gifting if we don't keep that relationship with the creator, right? We're only a part. Don't think we're too special that, you know, oh, the church doesn't recognize my gift. It's like, yeah, we're, we're not very good at recognizing people's gifts sometimes and not good at, at using, utilizing these gifts, but it's not about you. It's not, I don't care how gifted you are. If you don't have that relationship with God, it's meaningless. And what happened with Peter is like when he realized that, when he, when he took that focus off himself, he, God was then able to use him for exactly what he had called him and exactly what he had gifted him, but it took a while. And there was a pastor that told me this one time. He was like, you know, you see other pastors and other ministries and you see them like, man, I want that ministry. You do not know what they had to go through, how much they had to be crushed to get to that point. And so we see certain people like there's people that are probably better preachers than me. I I mean, definitely better preachers than me. (laughs) I know that. I know that there are better preachers than me, but God put me here for whatever reason, you know, and I know that he has, and, and I'm like surrendered to that. And I know that he does because when I do, even though I ramble, even though I'm not focused, God touches a heart. Like that's crazy. And it's all because God is using the gift through me. It's not me. It's not about me. I'm only a part of it. Okay. And so the, I cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the hand cannot say to the, fe- to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are upper, unrepresentable, unpresentable, are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving great honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, 
but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. There's some of you guys that are doing ministry in our church, whether it be through a small group, a Bible study, um, just maybe even meeting someone on a regular basis for coffee, some kind of discipleship relationship that you have with somebody. Those things are usually not recognized by the church. They're not put up on the screen. They're not like you don't get to go up on in front of everybody and get the round of applause. But like those parts of our church are essential. Our church would be nothing without those little things that happen that are covered up, that are hidden, that don't really get the recognition or honor that they deserve. Like, that is why we need you. That is the way that we're going to attack all those problems that we talked about at the beginning of the message. Like, it is that individual relationship with God that, that leads to other individual relationships with each other and us iron sharpening iron, encouraging one, each other in our faith encouraging each other to grow. So don't don't get discouraged if your ministry, if your gift is not being recognized right now. It might not ever be. <laughs> but man looks at the appearance, God sees the heart. Today's the first day of Sunday football and <laughs> woo! And our church has a very big problem. I'm sorry. We have way too many Cowboys fans here. <laughs> Sorry, I said that word and I almost barfed. Uh, so, uh, I have a wager with, with Dwayne, our greeter, that if the Cowboys beat the Giants, I will post on Facebook how much I love the Cowboys. But it's just not going to happen, so. Um, and they're playing today, so I'm a Giants fan. Um, but, anyway, so this is the first first Sunday of football season. And there was a guy that didn't get recruited to any division one school got division three worked his way up there did good in division three didn't really get recognized eventually got into uh had one season with the division one school and still didn't get drafted and so he decided you know what i know god's has a calling on my life i know i'm meant to be an nfl quarterback so he started working in a grocery store around the facility where he knew he'd need to try out. And he just kept working, working at a grocery store, stocking shelves, bagging groceries, and would tell anyone that could hear it, like, I'm being an NFL quarterback. Still getting older and older as he goes. And met a, met a woman who had two kids, one kid that had um, a br- traumatic brain injury from when they were an infant. So they were disabled and they, they're going to have to take care of them for the rest of their life. And, and yet he still chose to marry her, adopted the two kids, and was still working at the grocery store telling everyone, I'm going to be an NFL quarterback. I'm going to be an NFL quarterback. Like, all right, bud, you do that. <laughs> Can you just put, don't put my eggs at the bottom? Thank you. <laughs> I know they do that. I worked at a grocery store. Um, but, and eventually he gets on third string on the St. Louis Rams and then works a whole year still working his butt off. Got to second string. Whew, almost there. But he's still second string. First string gets injured. He gets put in. Has an MVP season. Wins a Super Bowl. Kurt Warner. And, uh, like, he, woo, yeah, he did take the Cardinals to a Super Bowl. They lost by, like, a toe. Um, but, yeah, it was down. It was down. Um, but, um, but the point is that he didn't allow the fact that he wasn't getting recognition, wasn't being told, hey, you're a great quarterback, wasn't, wasn't uh, allowing the praises of other people to 
to determine what he knew that God's gifting and calling was over his life. So if we're not recognizing you, I'm sorry. You might be the Kurt Warner of, of the church, and you're going to come and, like, blow us all away, and that's great. But keep working at it. Don't allow our praise or our recognition to determine your gifting with God. Um, all right. Let's see. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of us is part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, gifts of healing, of helping. That's, that's a gift. That is on the same level as apostles, teachers, miracles, healing, helping. Like, we're not, nah, that's not a gift. No, that is a gift. There are some people that have the gift of, of helping, of guidance, of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are we all meant to be that? No. Are, are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do, do all work miracles? Do all the, have the gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly, eagerly desire the greatest gift, the greater gifts. All right? So he's saying those are great. Those are good. But you need to desire, first of all, the greater gift. Love is indispensable. And yet I will show you the most excellent way. So he goes into 1 Corinthians 13 where he says love is patient. Love is kind. It, love does not envy. It does not boast. It's not self-seeking. So what he's saying is like these gifts are not about you. It's about love. And being gifted means nothing if it's not rooted in selfless love. So we are going to need you. As a church, we need every single one of you. If you're in the nursery just holding a little infant, making sure they don't cry, that's great. That mom gets to sit in church and hear about how much God loves her, hear what God is going to do in her life. And that's pro that might be the only break she gets <laughs> all week, you know? So holding a little baby, that is a gifting from God. We need, that, we need every single one of you in, to live out your gifts because God has changed you and uniquely gifted you to reach our lost world with the love of Jesus Christ. We're not a perfect body. We're not good at <laughs> utilizing people's gifts sometimes. But we serve a perfect God who specializes in being strong in our weaknesses. So I'm going to end this with, by playing a song. Um, and in this song, it just it kind of leaves it just wide open to whatever you're dealing with. Maybe you're, you're not worried about your gifting. You're just worried about your survival. <laughs> maybe that's where you're at. But maybe you're at a crossroads in your walk. You're like, God, what do you want from me? What's going on? This song just leaves it open to saying, God, you take the lead. I want to open up the altar, I mean, during the song, and once the song ends, you are free to go. I'm not going to dismiss you. I'm going to be up here at the altar if you want to pray. Um, but uh, if you could stand up and sing just so get get that blood flowing. <laughs> but uh, uh, the song is called Spirit Lead Me.
Chasing fear. 